morning. I'm glad y'all got here early so you could get a seat. Uh, Matt, there's a song I want y'all to hear before I start my lesson, if you'll go ahead and play that.
Everybody here knows um, what that means. And it's just, I hope that we never, I mean, just watching that video made me want to start jumping on my feet, clapping my hands, because it's, it's contagious. Um, I love what happened here last Sunday because God manifested himself to us. God came down. He met us here. And that's why we come together like this, so that we can set an atmosphere of worship and unbelievers can come in and they can say, what is this? I want it. The two things that drew me to the church as a child was the music and the worship. I didn't know what it was that gave me goosebumps. I just knew it was real, and I wanted it. To this day, I am still affected by heartfelt worship. Mary, I can't hardly stay in my seat. When Sister Corette starts shouting, and woo, it makes me want to get up and squeal and do a jig. Because it only takes a spark to get a fire going. Did you know that the Holy Ghost is likened to to fire in the scripture. It only takes a spark to get a fire going. I've seen what happens with praise and worship many times. I've been serving the Lord for 52 years. When one person is willing to obey what they feel in the Holy Ghost and to step out and begin to worship, to respond to God's presence with their voice and their body, it seems to provoke a response from everybody else. Like fire, you know, it just spreads. When we begin to exalt the king of kings, some may weep, some may rejoice, but you can mark it down. When people begin to worship God from their hearts, 
You forget about everything and everyone around you. They're focused on the greatness of God and all he's done for them. It's a very moving experience. Can I get an amen? People who walk into our services are affected by the praise and the worship. So we have a responsibility. We say, I don't feel like it. You know what? Our praise and worship is not predicated on how we feel. We worship God because he's worthy. The Bible says, give glory and honor that's due his name. How many times I have I heard a visitor in this church say, I, 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 I can't stop crying. I, I don't know why I'm crying. But we know why. It's because they feel the presence of the Lord. That's what happens when we create an atmosphere of worship. Because the, the scripture says that God inhabits the praises of his people. When the praises go up, the glory comes down. The commentary says about that verse, God dwells in the sanctuary where the praises, thanksgivings, and sacrifice of his people are continually offered. I've seen all sorts of things happen in the midst of a powerful worship service. I've seen people receive their physical healing. Walls come down. People that resist the Lord can't resist God anymore. That resistance is broken. Relationships are restored. People of all ages receive the Holy Ghost for the first time. In other words, it opens the door for the miraculous. Pentecostals are known for their exuberant worship. So we shouldn't disappoint visitors that come. They know. They're expecting us to act crazy. Like on the day of Pentecost, they were accused of being drunk. They made such a loud noise that everybody was running over there to say, what's going on here? They expect us to be loud and exuberant. So let's don't disappoint them. But what about the way we worship? Is it biblical? Or is it, as some would claim, just emotionalism? We know that we were created in the image of God. There's a purpose for everything God has given us. The ability to communicate, our emotions, our minds, our bodies, our talents, everything about us shows God's handiwork. Think about your voice for a moment. Words are how humans communicate. This communication could not be possible without sounds. These sounds are known as a voice. In just a few seconds, we can tell the sex of a person that we hear on the telephone or the radio. We recognize people immediately just by the sound of their voice. In the middle of the night, a mother can tell which child is crying. With the ones we're close to, we can hear in their voice when something's wrong. That's amazing. Your voice is unique. It's an audio fingerprint that separates you from other people. And just as no 
two fingerprints are exactly alike. Computer science validates what we already know. No two voices are exactly alike. How can anybody not believe in a creator God? That this just bang happened? So let's look at how the voice works. The lungs pump air, causing the vocal folds of the larynx to vibrate, producing sounds which continue upward in the vocal tract. The vocal tract consists of the back of the throat, back of the nose, the tongue, the soft palate, and lips, which shape sounds, shape sounds into distinctive speech or song. It's crazy how we can shape sounds. The size and shape of the vocal tract is different from individual to individual, contributing to one's characteristic voice. The vocal folds of young children and women are shorter, thinner, and vibrate more frequently, resulting in higher-pitched sounds. Men have longer and thicker vocal folds, and their voices are deeper. My soup is too cold, said Mama Bear. My soup is too hot, said Papa Bear. Granted, we may not sound like or sing as well as we want, but one thing is for certain. Our voices are priceless instruments that we mostly take for granted. Our voice is a gift from God. Not only to provide a way for us to communicate with each other, it's mainly given so that we can communicate with him in loving relationship. Psalm 3 and 4 said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me. Psalm 5, 3, my voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee. Psalm 42, 4, I went to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise. Psalm 55, 17, evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Psalm 142, 1, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication did you know that God knows your voice and he wants to hear your voice? Revelation 3.20, Jesus is speaking. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. He wants to, you to recognize his voice when he speaks to you. He will not force his way in. He waits to be invited in so that he can commune with us and he will feed us the bread of life. What an awesome God. How amazing that we have been given the ability to speak to form words, we can reveal our emotions just through the inflection of our voices. To express what's in our heart. What an incredible gift. 
And our voice is the greatest tool of praise and worship. Now, I looked up the meaning of praise and worship in Webster's Dictionary. Worship means to honor or show reverence for a divine being or supernatural power, to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. It gave an example like a celebrity worshipped by his fans. And there was a little clip of my, a Michael Jordan concert. Unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. All these girls standing on the front row. Oh, waving their hands. Screaming. Some of them fainting and having to be pushed above the crowd and carried out. And they think we're extreme for worshiping our God? Worship puts the emphasis on God, not us. Worship is the activity of glorifying God with our voices and our hearts. You know, the Lord can tell the difference. I don't know if it's the inflection in our voice or what it is, but he knows when we're giving him lip service or if it's coming from our heart. We can tell that too. We can tell that when somebody says, yeah, I love you too, bye. Or, well, I'm sorry if I did anything. We can tell when somebody means something from their heart. And so can God. Praise means to glorify an expression of approval. Synonyms of praise are magnify, extol, exalt, bless. Listen to this. This is the Hebrew definition of praise. To make a show, boast, to, to thus be clamorously foolish, to rave, to celebrate. That's what I want to do. I want to be clamorously foolish for the Lord and, and my praise to him. I want to rave. I want to boast. I want to celebrate what God's done for me, because you don't know like I know what he's done for me. Can you imagine going to a football game where there's no movement or noise from the bleachers or a softball game? No. Just watching the game provokes a reaction in the spectators, right? He hit a home run. You're out of your seat screaming. Why should our worship services be any different? Knowing what Christ has done for us should provoke a reaction in us, a visible response. In Luke chapter 19, we read about the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. And it says, then they brought him, they brought a colt to Jesus and they threw their, their own clothes on the colt. They set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. Everybody say, a loud voice. For all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. 
peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him, to Jesus from the crowd, teacher, rebuke your disciples. They're making too much noise. They're worshiping you. But Jesus answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. The same God that gave us a voice also gave us emotions. Why shouldn't we get emotional in his presence? There have been many times as I've sat right over there, listening to the word of God go forth, somebody up here preaching, that I have felt literally propelled out of my seat onto my feet to praise God. Has anybody else ever felt that? It's like you cannot sit. Something just propels me up. The only way I know how to describe it is it feels like fire hitting the congregation. Because the word of God is powerful. It's the word of life, and it should provoke a response from us. I don't know about you, but I don't want a rock to take my place. Psalm 19.14 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Matthew 12.36 says, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. What if all our words are being recorded in heaven? If you took a tally of all the words you speak in a day, what would it say about you? You can have all these columns. Kindness, blessing, cursing, lying, you name it. I want my words to be like Psalm 34. I want the the praises of God to be in my mouth continually. I will bless him at all times, it says. It's hard to be depressed and in a bad mood when you live in a constant attitude of praise and thanksgiving. Isaiah 61.3 tells us the Messiah will give us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Are you feeling heavy today? Are you feeling discouraged today? Are you tired today? Put on the garment of praise. That will lift the spirit of heaviness. That is so true. How many of you have experienced that before? How many of you have come to church before tired and weary in your body and maybe even discouraged in your soul, but you come in one service and as the people begin to worship and praise God, it's like the weights start dropping off, especially when we stand up and lift our hands and praise. Now, if you're inhibited to praise God, you've got it wrong. If you're thinking, well, I hadn't prayed enough this week, or I'm not spiritual enough, or I don't want anybody looking at me, you're thinking of this all wrong because it's not about you. 
It's about him, and he deserves and is worthy of our praise. So it doesn't matter how shy you are. There's nobody in the world shyer than I was at one time. The fact that I'm standing up here speaking to you today is a miracle. But, you know, I had to get over myself, finally. I had to get over myself, and I finally decided, you know what? If I look like a fool for Christ, I'll just look like a fool for Christ. When we come into the house of God, we need to make it. You know, a lot of people come to church, they say, well, you know, church was boring today. The song wasn't good. The preacher wasn't good. You know, I just should have stayed home. You know what? Don't leave it up to the preacher. Don't leave it up to the musicians and the singers. You have come here to worship and praise the one true living God who is worthy. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter how bad the service is. You've got to contribute your part. You can't expect the people on the platform to pull a rabbit out of the hat every service and tickle you and say, was awesome. No, you, it's up to you. Last night I dreamed that the week before Brother Brother Blackie's homegoing service, I knew that was going to be a big service. I didn't know how big it was going to be. And usually when I have something big coming up like that, um, doing the music for a service like that, I get really stressed. Um, because, you know, you know you're going to have, if it's just home folks, if you mess up, it's no big deal. They're going to love you anyway. They're going to come back next Sunday. But when you've got a house full of, of guests, you want, you, know, you want your house to be clean. You want everything to be just right. You want the meal to be perfect. And, and so I, I get kind of stressed with stuff like that. And so usually when I have something big like that, I'll dream. And I'll dream that... Um, I showed up, the place was packed out, but I forgot my music book, and I'm, it's time to sing, and I'm like, oh, God, we never practiced the song. And so I, I, it's the same dream, just every time that I have something big. But last night, I dreamed, and it was a good dream. You know what I dreamed? I dreamed that I was sitting on the front row, and I was looking around, and the place was packed with people. And, and I saw people that used to go to church here that's not living for the Lord anymore. I saw them here. I saw women with their hair long. And you know what? I don't care that the house is not full today because I see it full. In Jesus' name, I see and I want to be a part of the harvest. And one way we're going to be a part is every time. you We never know who's going to walk in those doors to any service that we have. We have got to give our best because when we worship and praise God and we enter into that. Listen, I know as a kid, as a bus kid, that went to a Pentecostal church. My parents didn't take me. I saw it, and I knew it was real as a child. And when people walk in here and they cry, and they don't know why they're crying, it's because they feel the presence of God, and it's up to every one of you to set that atmosphere of worship. So Revelation twelve eleven says, And they overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. The commentary says, 
We are made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony as the great instrument of war. The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God by a resolute, powerful preaching of the everlasting gospel, which is mighty through God for pulling down strongholds. Your voice is described as a weapon of war. A great weapon of war. When you begin to lift your voice in worship and praise to God, strongholds are broken not only in your life, but in the lives of those you pray for. I used to be so inhibited about praising God. I was shy. I didn't want my husband even to hear me pray. But when I was finally able to say, hogwash I need God and when I was able to just let go and forget about everybody around me and start worshiping God there is such freedom in the spirit when you're able to do that there's such a a lightness that comes into your soul and in your body when you begin to worship and praise God it's like you're lifted above your circumstances try it it works In the old days, we used to have on a regular basis something we called a victory march. Y'all still have those in Jackson? We haven't had one here in a long time. Victory march. Do any of y'all remember those? Sister Turk, I know y'all do. Sometimes I have a victory march at home. I get some time by myself. As I praise God in my private devotions, I'll walk all around my house loudly proclaiming the goodness of God. I remind the devil, devil, you're a liar and the father of lies. Yeah, I get get gruff with it. I recount all the things God has done for me. Devil, you're a liar. Do you remember when God did this for me? Do you remember this? And I'll remind him, and I'll recount all the things God has done for me, all the prayers that he's answered throughout the years. I claim the promises God has made to me through his word and through other people that have ministered to me through the gifts of the Spirit. Often I feel a boldness come over me as I begin to speak in faith what I desire the Lord to do. Many times the Holy Ghost takes over. And I'm astounded by the words that come out of my mouth with such power. Now, some of you, you know what I'm talking about. When you begin to pray in a loud voice and things you never thought of starts coming out of your mouth, powerful, forceful prayers, that's when the Holy Ghost takes over and starts to pray through us. There's nothing in this world that compares to that. And Aiden... You can have it. It doesn't matter how young you are. Now is the time to start learning to praise God with a loud voice and to be bold. You know what? That is scriptural. That song, I'm an apostolic. I'm a Pentecostal. I'm apostolic in every way. The book of Acts tells us the Holy Ghost gives us power to witness Not only do we witness by our lives, we witness with our voice and with our words. 
He gives us boldness to proclaim God's word. He puts words in our mouths as the Spirit makes intercession through us, not only in our prayers, but whenever you're witnessing to someone. That is scriptural. The Bible, the, the Lord told us, he said, don't worry about what you're going to say. You know what? I'm not quick on my feet with words. Somebody can out-talk me anytime. I'm not quick-witted. And there have been times in my life that a backslidden Pentecostal would want to argue with me about our beliefs and about our faith. And I'm just going to be honest. Sometimes they've backed me into a corner, and I've been speechless, not knowing how to respond. But I've also seen God turn it around. And after years and years, I have seen the Lord give me an opportunity to talk to this person. And as we begin to talk, the words start to flow out of my mouth, and I see the walls come down, the crumple. The weeping because they know it's true because it's the voice of God. We have that. We have that potential. But we don't think about it. We don't use it. And God's wanting us to wake up today and just get a glimpse of what he can do if we are willing to let him work. Psalm 47.1 says, Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I just want to do it right now. Shouting is an expression of extreme joy and excitement. It's appropriate when you're excited about the Lord to shout his praises with a loud voice. Psalm 95.1 says, Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise. Let's make some noise in here today. Make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. You know, I had a unique experience the other day. It had been a while since I'd seen Annie. And the minute she spotted me, her face lit up. And she took off running and jumped into my arms, which made my heart do cartwheels. But later, I was just enjoying thinking about that moment. I was thinking about her little face and how she just gets so excited and happy to see me. And it's like it came in my head. It's, I think I even said it out loud. That's how the Lord feels when he sees you. Really? You know, we don't think about the way God loves us. We're his children. I know what my children and my grandchildren have done for me and how much we can't even comprehend God's love for us. When he sees you approaching him and he hears your voice calling out to, Oh, God, my father, you've got his immediate attention. Because he loves us with an everlasting love that we cannot even comprehend. Isaiah 55, 12, and that's not in my list. It's okay. says, the tree 
the trees of the fields clap their hands. Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. How much more should we declare the glory of God who has been given a voice and hands and feet to be able to worship God? Psalm 100, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his sheep. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Music and singing is another powerful tool of praise and worship. Another lesson for another day. But as usual, I have a song that I want to just tell you. I wish I could sing it, but I don't have a beautiful singing voice. Um, but this, this song kind of puts into perspective how God feels about our praise. It says, the flowers of the field burst forth with blooming. How many of you have heard the song? The wind seems to whisper, he's alive. Even the trees lift their branches high to the heavens above. In perfect harmony with the creator of the world. But there's something about my praise he loves. (laughs) Oh, yes. There's just something about the way I speak his name. Jesus. And though hosannas and hallelujahs are sung to him by the angels above, There's just something about your praise he loves. Now my Jesus, he's been so good to me. He's given me a special kind of love. And I've got more to thank my father for than the angels in heaven above. Why? Because I've been for a cleansing in that crimson stream of blood. So that makes my praise something special to my Father above. And because I'm his child, there's just something about my praise. If you know it, sing it with me. He loves, oh yes, there's just something about The way I speak his name, Jesus. You can say Jesus, Jesus. And the hosannas and hallelujahs are sung to him by the angels above. There's just something about my praise he loves. Could we just stand 
and give the Lord some praise today in your own way. But I don't want you to just stand there reverently. I want us to praise God with a loud voice. Lord, you are great and greatly to be praised. And we are here today to give honor to your great name, Jesus. We thank you for all the great, wonderful things you have done for each one of us today, Lord. I pray, God, today that you would take the scales off of our eyes. Let us see with eyes of the Spirit, God, and hear with ears in the Spirit, Lord, the things you desire to do among your people, your children that are called by your name. You are our Father, and you love us with an everlasting love. And for that today, we are so grateful, God. Help us, Lord, to use everything that you've given us, our voices, our bodies, our talents, everything, Lord, to serve you with abandon, to be uninhibited, God, by anything in this world, and to praise you, God, with our voices to the top of our lungs, God, with all of our energy, with all of our heart, God, to worship you, God, because you are worthy today. We give you praise. We thank you for the privilege to be able to serve you and to know who you are and to know what your name is, Jesus. We thank you, oh God. And I pray, Lord, that you would touch every person under the sound of my voice right now, God, that you would touch them with a hunger and a desire for you like they've never had before, God, that the fire of the Holy Ghost would fall among us, God, and it would consume us, Lord, that we would be eat up with a desire to serve you, to glorify your great name, to not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but, but to be willing to boldly, Lord, stand up and proclaim your goodness and your great works, your excellent greatness among the people, God. We thank you today that we're Pentecostal, that we're apostolic according to the book of Acts. We thank you for everything you've promised us that could be ours, Lord. A boldness in the Holy Ghost, Lord, that you would put the words in our mouths, God, that we could be witnesses for your name's sake. And Lord, we know, God, that we are living in the very last of the last days, God. Help us, Lord, to wake up out of our slumber and our complacency, God, to realize what time it is uh, uh, on your time clock, God, that you are coming back and we only have a little time, Lord. Help us to do our best for you in the name of Jesus while we still have time, while we still have freedom in this country to be able to do it. God, help us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And we are, will be forever grateful to you, God, for all that you've done in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. You can be dismissed until the 11 o'clock.